Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. (sighs) I feel like I have to be honest here and agree. Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. What's going on, love? Hey there, Shannon. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am fresh off of four days off break. Yeah. Do you have a nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was amazing. I love having my family over my house and seeing my niece, Juniper, and my nephew, Jameson. Makes me really, really happy. Did you think the turkey came out good? Are you kidding? You rocked it. Dry brine is totally the way to go. This is the second time you've made a turkey for a bunch of people, and it's the second time that you killed it. You don't really like turkey that much, though. Oh, that is true, but I like your turkey and the way you season it. But yeah, no, my hot take around Thanksgiving foods is that I don't need a turkey at all. It's a fun thing to look at. I'm glad other people like it, but I'm never going to take more than one piece because I think it's sort of a chore to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, my other hot take is that I don't understand why everyone loves gravy so much. Your family makes a special, like, cheesy mashed potatoes, so yes. you don't really need gravy on that. And then I did such a good job with the turkey, it doesn't really need it either. It was it's... very moist the first year you did it, and it was very moist this past holiday. So maybe gravy is unnecessary. I'm more of a stuffing guy myself. I like I like stuffing. But you kind of just, you have to buy the turkey because... It's just such a good deal this time of year, right? It's like <laughs> for 30 bucks, we got a 15 pound turkey. And like if that were just you and me eating it, that would feed us for for days, for Except weeks. It wouldn't feed me for days or weeks. I'd protest. I'd go on hunger strikes. Typically what would happen in my house growing up is we'd have turkey everything for the next few weeks. And then, yes, we'd all get pretty sick of turkey. Yeah. But but my mom would make turkey enchiladas, turkey sandwiches, turkey soup, which are all very good. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah. I mean, it's a great protein. And there, there is something very beautiful, of, I think, about seeing, like, your family all gathered around a big table for a feast. And the center point is completely the turkey. So, like, I totally get the importance of the visual. Just don't get why you got to eat it. Tell us what you think about Thanksgiving foods. Are you totally offended that I feel the way I feel about turkey? Do you feel... Like, there needs to be more love for sweet potatoes or candy DMs. Unless somebody brings that to our house, that will not be served at my Thanksgiving. It will not. So if you have pictures of your Thanksgiving feast or pictures of your favorite food or just want to fight with us about 
how we see Thanksgiving foods, you can always find us on Twitter. That's the place to do it. I'm at Shannon Ray Green. And I'm at Dusty Terrell. And we really would love to see your family pictures and, and Thanksgiving food pictures. So hit us up. That would make us really happy. You can email us too at I tell my husband the news at usatoday.com. And don't forget to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and make sure you subscribe. Electric cars too quiet? Automakers add real or fake sound to their cabins. That makes no sense. <laughs> this was written by my colleague Chris Woodyard. He writes. Your next car may come with its own soundtrack. Faced with the utter silence of electric cars, as opposed to the cacophony of engine noise emanating from conventional vehicles, automakers are coming up with novel ways to give them their own distinctive cabin sounds. It may sound fanciful, but automakers are taking it seriously. BMW just teamed up movie music composer Hans Zimmer with its own sound expert, Renzo Vitali. They are tasked with creating lush electronic chords to accompany the acceleration of BMW Vision M Next. That's an electric concept car that's on display at the Los Angeles Auto Show through December 1st. Domestic automakers have also picked up the beat. Ford Motor designers knew how to give a new electric SUV the touches that will make it look like a Mustang. But the Mach-E, the latest member of what Ford dubs the Mustang family, also needed to sound like one. So engineers will let drivers of the SUV add the sound of a gentle growl of a powerful engine, not unlike the one in the traditional sporty coupe, to make the already fast vehicle echo the performance of the sporty coupe. This sound that you're about to hear is going to go into BMW electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles starting next year, according to BMW. What do you think? I think it sounds like my computer is booting up or something. Like it doesn't sound. <laughs> that is actually the one that sound designer Renzo Vitali and movie composer Hans Zimmer worked on. Hopefully this is an optional setting because I don't, <laughs> I don't see many people wanting this. Jim Farley is Ford's president of new business technology and strategy and he said at a splashy unveiling of the vehicle last week, quote, we spent so much time making the sound feel modern. When people drive this vehicle zero to 60 miles per hour in three seconds, they're going to say, holy cow, unquote. Who are they driving around? Bart Simpson? <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> what does he say? It doesn't Don't he say, have a cow, man. With electric vehicles yet to catch on in a big way with mainstream consumers, automakers feel compelled to make moves like these. Without real or artificial piped-in sound, most electric cars are so quiet that about the only thing to hear at highway speed is the whoosh of wind and drone of tires against pavement. I like that sound. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should call up these automakers, Dusty. They could just use that that impression. They could just, that's for free. They can have that. Real generous. I'm shocked that you're just going to let them have it for free. I'm shocked really okay i'll take a million dollars for it <laughs> the idea is not new rather it's a new twist six years ago honda was using noise cancellation technology to try to shut out undesired noise in the cabin of its popular accord mid-size cars yeah that makes way more sense it'd be nice to shut out all external noise so that you can just listen to our podcast real clear oh yeah 
when Ford and other automakers were lowering transmission shift points to help save gas during the era when fuel economy was a top buying consideration, sound was piped in to mask the noise of engines that might sound like they were lugging or struggling in too low of a gear. BMW and Porsche both brought sound to cabins of their conventionally powered performance vehicles in the past to enhance their racy feel. But electric cars have presented a different challenge. For decades, Porsche drivers have reveled in the roar of the sports car gas engine. As many will tell you, it's a big part of the experience of owning one. Porsche Vice President Stefan Weckbach said, quote, We know sound has been a part of our cars, unquote. To make its new performance electric car top speed, 155 miles per hour, feel more Porsche-like, the automaker created a system in which the hum of the electric motor, inverters, and other components wafts into the cabin over the car's audio system. Weckbach insists that the very emotional sounds, as he calls them, are natural, but they are tuned in such a way to get a combination of notes that will be the most pleasing to the senses. Weckbach said, quote, it has to be the sound coming from the technology, unquote. The goal was to make the sound and experience more authentic, but he does acknowledge, quote, we modify it a little bit, unquote. I get what he's saying there because it wouldn't be as effective if you just had to say like, oh, my, my car makes car noises. Here, let me plug in my phone real quick so I can play <laughs> an MP3 for you. <laughs> Weckbach said that drivers have the option of shutting off the sound in order to roll along in silence. As for which mode is most popular, he said, quote, it's like 50-50, unquote. This guy opts for no sound. I am not surprised. BMW is going to even greater lengths in enlisting Zimmer, the composer known for movie scores ranging from The Lion King to The Dark Knight. BMW says it is developing what it calls iconic sounds electric, going beyond just a soundtrack to accompany the throttle. Vitaly and Zimmer just teamed up to create a sound for the start button of its hybrid or electric cars based on a recording of a female singer, giving high-tech vehicles a human touch. He said the voice will be heard on electrified versions of the big 7 series sedan and the 5 series midsize, and it's coming to the i3 electric car. Vitaly explained that it's all about trying to bring out the emotion in the car. He said, quote, I don't see the car as a machine. I see it as a highly complex art installation, unquote. I see it as something that gets you from one place to another. (laughs) It's not just the sound on the inside of electric cars that matters to automakers nowadays, but on the outside. Electric cars can be so quiet approaching pedestrians and bicyclists that regulations require they have external sound as a warning, creating yet another opportunity for automakers to find just the right tone. Vitaly says he's working on that aspect as well. He's also considering sounds for electric cars in BMW's mini division. The cars will likely get happier sounds in keeping with their fun, carefree image. And future BMWs might get multiple soundtracks or blocks of them, not just one. Vitaly said, quote, everything's possible, unquote. It would be kind of fun if your horn was uh, Beethoven's fifth or something. (laughs) Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. They didn't say they were trying to do this, but it kind of seems like, especially the Ford people, they're trying to compete with gas engines and like muscle car owners, but no one's going to be impressed by the purr of your electric motor, right? No one's going to no one's gonna say, let me hear that, that electric motor engine rev, and then you hear, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it might be less about trying to fit into the old molds and more about trying to create something new and also pleasing the owners more than saying like, hey, get into my car and I can show off what it is. But the owner is just enjoying the option to not have total silence. I'd rather pay 
a couple hundred dollars less for the car and not have these silly engine noises pumped into the cabin. <laughs> That's fair enough. Just save the money you're spending on that movie composer guy. Roll that into the savings of the car. My Corolla makes regular gas engine noises, <laughs> and I wish it would stop. <laughs> Is there a way to minimize all of those sounds? I think our life has too much noise in it. It would be nice if there was a little bit more <laughs> silence. And all these companies are just trying to add more noise, like talking to Alexa or Google. No, I want to sit quietly. What are chitlins? This may be the most polarizing holiday tradition in the South. This was written by my colleague Carol Motzinger, who is actually a great friend. Uh, She works for the Greenville News, which is part of the USA Today network. I think they're little pieces of gum. That's totally inaccurate. What am I thinking of? Chicklets. Oh, okay. Mark Hartley is really trying. The sudden halt in his speech signals that he's thinking hard. It isn't because of bad cell reception where he lives, the backcountry some 40 miles southwest of Columbia, South Carolina. At least not this time. Hartley's wrangling with a slippery questions folks in his town have been asked at least a ton of times in the past 50 years. This is a doozy that not even 10,000 people, like the population of Sally, South Carolina, 25 times over, would know how to answer either. Hartley said, quote, chitlins taste like chitlins. It's like a chitlin. It's not like pork skin. You don't fry them that hard. It's a chitlin. It's a chitlin, unquote. I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) The act of defining a chitlin as, well, a chitlin isn't totally wrong. Hartley cooked thousands of pounds of the stuff last Saturday during Sally, South Carolina's famous annual chitlin strut. He may be on to something, saying chitlins are chitlins. Here's something to try for you listening. Say chitlin out loud. Chitlin. It sounds strange and funky, bold and strong. It's unusual. Chitlins taste that way, too. Strange, funky, bold, strong, unusual. Those are not words I like to use for food. <laughs> Do you want to eat this? How's it taste? Strange. No, thank you. <laughs> Chitlins are, in fact, a gutsy culinary choice. They are the small intestines of a pig. Their term is also a southern fried contraction of chitterlings. They are not for the faint of stomach. They take a lot of time and effort to clean and cook. They require patience and prowess. And let's just say it's not pleasant work. One can joke that if they are cooked for the holidays, the kitchen could smell like chitlins virtually through the new year. They are a commitment that lasts after the plate is clean. One thing, however, that they've never been called? Boring. When it comes to chitlins, strong taste and smells inspire similarly strong feelings and strong statements, like the longtime Sally saying that cooking chitlins stinks so much that leaves on nearby trees turn the other way. People love them or hate them or won't even give them a try. Take Hartley, who was also a city council member. He spent this past Saturday running the chitlin part of the chitlin strut, and he's been working at the festival since he was a teenager. But even Hartley hasn't eaten a boiled chitlin, one of two ways it is served to the thousands who come each year. And for the fried ones on that menu, he said, quote, I've tasted them. I can't say I've ever made a meal of them, unquote. 
Sally is the Chitlin capital of the world. Since 1966, the Chitlin Strut has put Sally on the map. The event has been celebrated in the pages of the Los Angeles Times, Southern Living, and a Paris newspaper. Beloved South Carolina humorist William Price Fox titled a collection after the strut. When he died in 2015, the New York Times extensively quoted his Chitlin's musings in his obituary. As many as 40,000 people have packed these few blocks on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and they come from as far away as Ireland, according to a South Carolina General Assembly resolution congratulating the town on the strut's 50th anniversary. Irish people, they know good food, too. <laughs> Land full of people just eating potatoes and cabbage. They, they know food when they taste it. Um, maybe that's why I like the potatoes the most at Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's probably why. I'm half Irish in my heritage. Out of all the things I enjoyed most about visiting Ireland, the food was not one of them. (sighs) I feel like I have to be honest here and agree. In recent years, that total of people visiting for the Chitlin Strut has looked more like 15,000 to 20,000. Many were arriving from Greenville and Chester, South Carolina, and Georgia or Florida by way of bus or motorhome. The other 364 days of the year, Sally is home to just 400-something people. Most either work the land bordering the town limits or at the shops and businesses a few miles away. A new mayor was elected earlier this month, LaDonna Hall. She won with 44 write-in votes. The 40-year-old Sally native has never missed a strut, she said. Hall said, quote, it makes us feel alive. It makes us feel good that people actually flock from all of these places, unquote. The calendar in the city office has a couple of things listed on November days, and they are all strut-related. Strut shirts hang from the ceiling above. A rack is filled with all the programs from all the struts. The first year is two stapled pages. It reads on the cover, Everybody Invited. Sally calls itself the Chitlin Capital of the World on the event's website. There doesn't seem to be much competition. Clio, Alabama has hosted something called the Chitlin Jamboree, but it's not as big or storied as the strut. There isn't a stoplight in Sally, or a bank, or a school. The old school building is still around. That's where the Chitlin Strut is. Students go to Wagner Sally High School these days about eight miles north. The post office is still open, too. But that's about it on the main block. By 1966, Sally, a promising whistle stop that got its first railroad in 1887, was cash-strapped after the automobile age stopped its growth in its tracks. The story goes that the mayor wanted to buy new Christmas decorations, so he sought the advice and influence of a local country music DJ, Ben Deckel. Deckel is the one who gets credit for coming up with the Chitlin Strut, according to the Library of Congress American Folklife Center. A thousand people ate 600 pounds of chitlins at the first event in 1966. They had new Christmas decorations lining the streets weeks later. These days, the strut mostly just pays for itself, said Paul Sally, a longtime city council member who can trace a branch of his family tree back to the town's founder. The town did buy something recently, though. They got some more Christmas decorations. That's not to say the Chitlin Strut is frozen in time. They used to clean each three-yard Chitlin on site. Programs described it as, quote, twice slung and pulled through a forked limb, unquote. I wish people could see your face in reaction to that. <laughs> try, to, try to make a noise that explains that facial expression. Ew. <laughs> Before being cleaned, chitlins are loaded with the dangerous and the disgusting. Harmful bacteria, feces, undigested food, hair, and so on. Their intestines. Yeah. And the people of Sally volunteer to handle thousands of pounds of chitlins every November. 
Hartley said that the chitlin strut is a lot easier now. The chitlins they buy from North Carolina are already cleaned, boiled, and pretty much frozen. All they have to do to prepare them is to bring a big pot to a simmer. But the strut has gotten harder in one way. The event date now overlaps with the annual football game between Clemson University and the University of South Carolina. Hartley, a diehard Clemson fan, hopes for not just the win every year, but that the matchup is scheduled for the evening. Alas, this past year, the kickoff was at noon. Organizers have also struggled to get more volunteers in recent years. Mayor Hall has been on the job just a couple weeks, but she's already working to change that. She aims to bring in new vendors, volunteers, and sponsorships. The folks who have been running the strut are reaching the age where they can't help the way they, they once could, said according to Paul Sally. He said that they are dying. They are the members of the generation that raised hogs in, this, in these parts, he said. They lived by that principle of waste not, want not. If it could be eaten, it should. That was Hall's childhood, too. She said, quote, we ate a little of everything. My parents didn't have much, so we ate what we could afford. A lot of the times, chitlins was that thing, unquote. Michael Twitty has never eaten chitlins and says he never will. He's a celebrated culinary historian, writer, and educator. Still, he addresses chitlins in his award-winning book, The Cooking Gene. He describes how his grandmother would make chitlins for his father for the holidays. As a child, he wouldn't even stay in the house while she made them. Chitlins belongs on the same shelves of prominence with, del- with delicacies like okra, hogmaw, mutton. These are the ingredients that Twitty said just give him a certain feeling. He said he can't really explain it. I don't really like any of those other things you mentioned either, so it doesn't bode well for chitlins. <laughs> I've never had chitlins before. Have you, Shannon? I have never had them. I like every other part of the pig that I've tasted so far. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they'd be delicious. Maybe. I certainly wouldn't turn down the opportunity to try it, but I'm also not going to go out of my way to try it. And I'm certainly never going to try to prepare it. (laughs) It does sound really, really difficult to prepare. And last today, we've got the lightning fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. Unplugging devices, energy saver or bad advice? I mean, either way, I'm not going to do it, Shannon, so... (laughs) Olaf's Frozen 2 Science. Does water have memory? No spoilers for that movie that I'm not going to go see. (laughs) I know, I was just thinking that. James Vanderbeek breaks silence on Dancing with the Stars. I think I would prefer everyone to remain silent about Dancing with the Stars. (sighs) Vegan Thanksgiving has never been more popular. Two people who love potatoes and stuffing (laughs) could probably be convinced. Yeah. Holiday buying tips from pros at Walmart, Target, other retailers. Let me guess, those retailers' hot tip is that you should buy stuff from them. (laughs) 25 awesome gift ideas your boyfriend will love. You better not have a boyfriend, Shane. (laughs) Six things to know if you haven't flown lately. Well, I've flown lately... And it's exactly the way it's been for the past 18 years. (laughs) The only thing that's changed in the last 18 years is that now you have to pay for more things. (laughs) Couple offers a $40,000 salary for a dog sitter with a catch. I'll sit on a dog for $40,000. 
Next week on I Tell My Husband the News. Well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called the news. <laughs> I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from all across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.